Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. I'm excited to have our next guest, Elizabeth Kinsey, who is the Developer Marketing Manager at Slack. She's been building communities for years and has a unique blend of technical marketing skills and people skills that help her build these amazing communities. Elizabeth started the Mobile Growth Community in 2015, which is the best community for mobile developers and marketers. Recently, she joined Slack and launched their developer program community, which so far has been a huge success. We'll dive into how she's been able to make this happen and what she's learned in the last five years. Take a listen. Elizabeth, can you describe what Slack is and what you do in your role there? Yeah. So the easiest way to think about it is that Slack is really where work happens. It's a new layer of technology that brings together people, data, and applications all in one place so that you can collaborate with teammates and have access to all the information in one interface alongside all of the tools that you use on a day-to-day basis. In terms of my role at Slack, I primarily work on our community programs, mainly focused on offline community and especially targeting and supporting our developer community. So anyone who is building on Slack, whether it is an app for an internal use or an app for our public app directory. And I must say, as we get this started, that not only am I a user, I am also a shareholder in Slack. And so it is in my best interest financially to just say as many nice things as possible about Slack to get as many people as possible to use it. So I, I just like that's a disclaimer I put out there in front. But one thing that is unique about you, Elizabeth, and I've known you for many years, is that you've actually done this twice. You first, you helped build the mobile growth community at Branch Metrics, and which has been wildly successful. And then more recently, the Slack developer communities uh, which you basically started from scratch and launched and has already had an incredible amount of success. From those experiences, what do you think the most crucial part is to get right in launching a new community? I think that getting your tooling in place and getting your resources in place is probably the most important thing. And by tooling, it doesn't necessarily have to be super complicated system of software that tracks every single thing that you do. But you need to understand the basic function of the things you're going to be asking other people to use. If you don't know how to use the tools that you're using, especially if you're looking at like a distributed system where you have local people who are volunteers running community events, when they have questions about what it is they're doing or using and you can't answer them, it really just slows down the momentum when you're getting started. And in terms of resources, I think... It's more than just having in place, you know, here's how to start a group. Here's how to think about growing your group. Here's how to invite people. It's also about the internal resources within your company to drive alignment across departments. So making sure that everyone has a place to go read about what it is that you're doing and has an explanation. 
at Slack, we're really lucky because we use Slack. So there's a channel that everyone can go to and I've got all of the internal documentation pinned to it. So anyone at any time can go and find out what is this community initiative about? And then within our own community, we have a Slack workspace. So all of the chapter leaders can also find out where are my resources located and how am I supposed to do this and what is Slack doing to support me? One of the things that I talk to a lot of people about in their communities, you know, Slack comes up a lot and it just comes up in general as a product because it, it like had this and has had this really viral nature to it, sort of unnatural viral momentum in the product. And I wonder, like, I think some people would probably say, that didn't know anything about it was like, oh, building the community Slack, it's probably just like, it's probably just like the product, like it's just so viral and just sort of takes off. But I wonder, have you felt like in terms of building the community you built at Branch versus the community at Slack, like how much of that experience has been, you know, replicable? Has it been the same? Has it been totally different? Has it been, have you been using some of the same skills and tools? Like what's that been like sort of looking at those two different experiences? There's definitely crossover and there are things that I took from building mobile growth out that I've been able to apply building the community programs at Slack. There's also a lot of differences within mobile growth. It, all of the chapters are led by the marketing team and the community managers who are part of branch. They're not volunteer. It's their job. So they have a significant investment in getting that to be successful because that is what they do on every day, you know, from the time they get to work to the time they go home. With Slack, it's a distributed model. So we are empowering local volunteers to run meetups on their own using the resources that we provide. That in and of itself is a huge difference. And it's definitely created different approaches for me in terms of educating people, getting the word out. A lot of it is about leveraging my experience in running meetup groups and my experience in actually building those communities one relationship at a time and trying to impart that as guidance to the folks that are running the communities at Slack. In terms of the tooling, I mean, at Branch, it was the Wild West. We had like a billion different tools that we were using, trying to consolidate things. And as you know, we found Bevy, which was an amazing tool that really streamlined a lot of the things that we were doing and made stuff a lot more measurable. So bringing all of the experience that I had in trying to do measurement and attribution and connect business value to the community that we've developed for mobile growth, bringing that over to Slack and being able to parse out the pieces that make the most sense here. So, and then also I think just having done it once before, there were a lot of things that I realized early on building mobile growth that maybe this wasn't the best approach. And so I had already learned those lessons and didn't have to repeat those same mistakes at Slack. I think the other thing is also mobile growth taught me a lot about not making it perfect. So instead of waiting until I had, you know, every single detail in place and in line, just taking a chance that we had enough and that I think the, uh, Josh from Asana mentioned that when they were building their program, that they were sort of building the plane and flying it at the same time. And I think that that's okay. And so I had that experience from mobile growth and was able to have the confidence to say, okay, we're going to launch this, even though it may not be perfect. And I would rather launch it and start to collect feedback and insights from people actually running events and participating in the community to make it better and instead of waiting until it was to the state that I thought it was perfect and launching it. So I think that's some stuff that I learned and was able to apply within this community. Awesome. Yeah, and ROI, you, you sort of touched on it briefly, but I'd love to dig in deeper. What did ROI mean in mobile growth? 
or what does it mean now at Slack? Like, how do you measure it? How do you prove the value of all the amazing work that you and the team are doing? Yeah, in mobile growth, it went from being something that was more centered around SDK adoption and seeing what percentage of the community was actually starting to adopt branch tools. And even things that were a proxy like website visits um, in the beginning, because when you first start a community, I think the biggest mistake people make is assuming that you're going to be able to measure the value immediately. Community is a slow burn. It is bottoms up in the same way that no one comes to you and says, please tell me exactly how to measure organic traffic and the business value it has on a specific component within organic traffic. Well, word of mouth is sort of the same thing. It's very difficult to measure. I think the best approach there is to start focusing on one aspect that you want to impact and get that really solid and then move on to something else. Um, for instance, with mobile growth, we're really interested in seeing how the community activity, especially like panels that were led um, by folks that we wanted to meet, how that impacted deals overall down the line. And so it evolved from being sort of SDK adoption to being a demand gen tactic, but also looking at account health where people who were involved in the community, better customers, whatever that means for you or your brand, or more involved in like deep in product usage, things like that, if they were part of the community. Typically, the answer is yes, but it's hard to measure that. So really picking one part of the funnel to impact, because community is going to impact every part of the funnel, whether it's top of funnel where you're discovering a brand because you went to an event or you heard about a community meetup, or it's at the bottom of the funnel after you've already closed a deal and you want to deepen customer engagement and build relationships. Everywhere in between that community fits in. So picking one piece and moving forward, perfecting sort of the measurement of that and doing it with the expectation that like it might take you six to nine months to get to a point where you have any significant data. Where you can go to a new piece. That's really, really smart. And like really getting buy-in from the team that like this piece, we just get so much value from just this. If this is the only thing we get value from, like this justifies the time and energy and money to put into it. But then not stopping there and keep going and finding new areas. I love that. One thing I love about your LinkedIn, which is that you always post, you know, like calling out the chapter leaders for Slack and like, hey, this is one of our new leaders and check them out and, you know, and kind of like just elevating them. And it's really a thoughtful thing to do. I just wonder, how do you decide who should actually become one of these leaders? What are the key things that you look for as you're reviewing the applications? So there's two parts to the application. The first is a written application where they submit a form. And then after I look at that, typically what I'm looking for is just being able to answer the questions that are on the application. What kind of goals do you have for the community? Are they in line with the feel of what we want the community to be? Are you a current Slack user? And especially with the developer-focused groups, have you ever built anything on Slack? Or do you understand the APIs? Or do you have a willingness to learn? General enthusiasm for Slack is always a plus that is not hard to come by. So that part is pretty easy. And then we have a phone interview over a Zoom call. And during that, just looking for kind of general vibe. 
how consistent are the answers between the application that you filled out and the conversation that we're having. A lot of times just seeing the excitement that someone has over the possibility of reading a chapter is a really good indicator that they're going to be able to follow through on all of the things that we're asking them to do. And then also it's a really good way to gauge what are the spots that I need to fill in? What are the things that I don't have? So one of the questions I like to ask people is, what's the one thing that Slack could do to support you in your meetup chapter? And a lot of times the answer is something that we already have, but sometimes it's surprising and I don't, and uh, it helps me kind of gauge, is this something that we should develop for our chapter leaders? Yeah. And one thing I hear from a lot of people is they're like, well, how do I attack this? Like getting on the phone or talking to people, it's totally unscalable. And, you know, that's what we did at Startup Grind. Like when we built our community, like we talked to everyone and to the point where it was like, it was very unscalable. We just forced ourselves to do it. But I wonder like how you look at that, like the scalable versus the unscalable with sort of vetting these people and keeping them engaged and motivating them. Like how do you balance those two sort of in some ways conflicting pieces of building the process? You know, I really believe that in the beginning, you have to do things that don't scale because it's the only way that you're going to figure out where you can operationalize, how you can automate, where those pieces that you can scale are and where you can invest more time around strategy and less time around just the day-to-day mechanics. I think for me, the best part about doing interviews is that it gives me a gauge and I can start to come up with like a criteria for other people to help decide on whether or not these are going to be a good fit. And then I can also just make quicker decisions, look for patterns, look for things that folks are expressing similarly, or even things that maybe I didn't expect. Okay, now I maybe need to add an additional question on to the application form in order to vet for this particular characteristic. So in the beginning, I think it's important to do things that don't scale if they are going to be meaningful for your program. And then look for ways to automate those things, look for ways to streamline them as you move along. But don't be afraid to do things that, you know, are scalable when you have 50 applications a month versus are not scalable when you have, you know, like 20, 25 applications a month. And then when you get to 50 or 100 a month, you know, you're not going to be able to host a 30 minute call with everyone that applies, but you'll have gathered enough insights to be able to make better decisions. As this is the C2C or customer to customer podcast, how do you feel that getting the community together offline affects the community versus other ways of getting them together? I think that there is a time and a place for online communication, but nothing beats being in person. There's so much nuance that happens when you are face-to-face with someone, so many things that you can pick up on, so many deeper connections that are made. There's a lot more accountability if you're face-to-face than if you're online and can hide behind a username or a screen. And I think that when it comes to -to customer-to-customer marketing, especially if you are in uh, software, getting out from behind your computer and actually meeting people that are doing things that you're doing can spark so much more innovation than not doing that. So to me, it's a really critical part of the customer experience. And it's something that is really important in a customer's journey that if you want to make those connections. The fact that we can enable you to do that is really important. There's always going to be people that don't want to, you know, meet up in person and that it's not comfortable for. And so having online channels is really great for that. But nothing can really like replace that face-to-face interaction, in my opinion. 
a lot of companies are doing what you're doing with C2C marketing at Slack and Salesforce, Delingo and others. Where do you see the C2C trend going over the next, say, five, 10 years? You know, I think that it's going to continue to expand. I think companies are realizing that in order to like, it's more about relationship building, you know, before in, in the olden days, I remember we would, uh, when I worked at it, one of the first companies I worked at, when we would buy a technology, it was like, that's it. That's the investment. We're not buying something new for years and years and years. But that's, that's changed. People change software constantly. They try new things. There's new developments come up and replace old systems. And I think that the thing about customer to customer marketing and the thing about creating these relationships is that it really increases loyalty and it increases that kind of affinity that you have for a brand. If you feel like I can talk to someone directly and my community's input matters to this company. So I think that that's one thing that more people are going to start to adopt. And then the other thing I think is this sort of melding of online and offline. There's so many ways that you can connect with people now. And so I think that making it seamless to be able to move between those worlds is, is part of the future of that of that tactic. Great. And finally, as we wrap up, I'd just love to know, tell us about some communities that you love and why do you love them or that you're impressed by? So very selfishly, um, I love the Embolden communities. So I selfishly, because disclosure, I do run the, the San Francisco chapter alongside a couple of other folks. But one of the reasons that I love Embolden is because all of the chapters put on really great events and they're all centered around women in technology, women in digital and really being able to connect and inspire uh, the, both the community members and the leaders. I also love the Discog community. So um, I'm a big vinyl person. And so being able to connect to other people that are even geekier than I am about vinyl and feign my, uh, my knowledge while all the while like Googling frantically in the background. It's just a really welcoming, warm community and lots of things for me to learn outside of like work community. Those are probably the two that I gravitate towards. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. Again, that's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod. 